Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly of God podcast. Please join us at 9 11 a.m. at the main campus, and 11 a.m. at the Monk's Corner, Remount, and North Charleston campuses. Thank you for listening. We hope that God blesses you for doing so. Matthew 22, verse 36. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Father, today, as we open up your word, open up our hearts, God, we can't say or do a thing without your presence today. We thank you for your incredible love for us. Your love for all your children. God, teach us now to love you more, to love each other in the family, to love each other in this world, to love those who are difficult even to love. God, help us, we pray. Open up our hearts this morning to your word. We ask it in your mighty name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. God says there's, there's two things that matter the very most in life. And he says, if you've got these two things down, you've got it all. And they are simply loving God and loving one another. He said, that's more important than anything else you will do in this entire world. If you've got these two things down, you have got it. Now, here's the thing. We all know love's important. Yeah, we, we've heard it. We've said it. We, we know the word. You know the Bible. You know it's important. But but the problem is we often get distracted by other things. These things come in and they crowd us and they grab our attention and all of a sudden other things begin to take priority. And so we need to be brought back again and again to the centrality of God's word and what his commandments are all about. And so we're going to focus this morning on three laws of love. And if you have your outlines, you can follow along with us on the back this morning. Uh, Number one, the best use of life is love. The, the, the best way you can use this life, God left you on this earth for a reason. He left you down here. He didn't, when, you, when you gave your heart to Christ, he didn't immediately take you up into heaven. He left you here for a reason, and that's to use our life for a purpose. And so the best use of this life that God has for us is love. Uh, it needs to be our number one priority, our, our greatest ambition in life. Now, now why is does God say love is so important? I want to give you three reasons. Just jot these down. First of all, love validates my faith. It tells everybody that I really am a Christian. That I really am a, a believer. I'm a, I'm a follower of God. I really do belong to God's family. And because I have love, then God is going to take me to heaven. It just kind of, kind of the whole package goes together. If, uh, if you go out of the country... You go through the airport and you come back in through immigration. Uh, wherever you go, you got to show them that passport. That passport tells everybody who you are. You're legit. You're not a criminal. You're not a terrorist. Uh, you've got your passport right there and it has your picture on it and it allows you to get into that country. Listen, I want to tell you, your passport to get into heaven, your identification badge is love. You, uh, how many have... Uh, uh, ATM cards. You have cards you use. Just five, ten of you, twenty of you. Uh, when you need money and you go to the bank and you take your your 
ATM card and you put that in the thing in the, in the teller deal and it's asked for a PIN number. That's your personal identification number. And, and when you punch that in, if you are a child of God, your personal identification number is L-O-V-E. That's your, that's your PIN number. Listen to 1 John 4 and verse 8. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Wow, that's, that's pretty clear. If you're not loving, you really don't know God. And if you don't know God, you're not on your way to heaven. You're not a part of his family. It's pretty clear. God, God wants you to be like him, like father, like son. And he wants you to be like daddy. It, it's basically a part of our DNA. And so when I accept the Lord Jesus Christ and I have that brand new nature in me, uh, I, I have that DNA of a believer and that DNA is love. By this you'll know. L- listen to First John 4 and 20. He gets even more direct. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. That's, that, that's strong. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So love validates my faith. Love is my identification number. Love is what tells everybody else that I am really a Christian because I love. So it validates my faith. The second thing you see about love is is love covers my sin. This is incredible. Listen to 1 Peter 4 and 8. Above all, Love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Isn't that a great? You know, when you, when you love the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. And because I love Jesus Christ, that love of God covers every single one of my sins. Simply because I love Jesus. And I gave my life to him. Every sin has been forgiven. It is gone. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he stretched out his hands and he said, I love you this much. And that love of God covers my sins. And so when he died on the cross, he says, you know what? I'm willing to die for you. I'm willing to take your place. I'll I'll take your rap. I'll pay your debt, and he gave his life on Calvary for us. And so that means because he did that, everything I have ever done can be forgiven. Because God loves me that much. And when I love him, the Bible says when we love him, that love covers a multitude of sins. But it goes beyond that. Because uh, because I have been forgiven, the Bible says, then I have the power to let someone else off the hook. And I have the power to forgive somebody else uh, and cut them some slack uh, and, and forgive them and be gracious to them because God was good to me. Because God forgave me. Because God cleansed me. You see, those people who are judgmental and they're critical and they're angry all the time, and they're harsh, and they're lashing out at other people, and they're very negative, they probably have never experienced the grace of God. Or if they have, they don't understand the completeness of God's grace. Because when we experience the grace of God, then what happens is I become more gracious with other people. 
When I understand how much God's forgiven me, I can't help but forgive somebody else. When I know how God has been so good to me and forgiving me and covering my sins, uh, then my love for others begins to cover their sins. Uh, and so I don't get as impatient as I used to be, and I'm not tied up with anger on the inside because I realize how much God's forgiven me. You see, because of God's forgiveness, I am now able to forgive others and, in a sense, cover their sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. When you really love somebody and they blow it, Rick Warren makes a statement, and I want you to hear this. Love doesn't rub it in. Love rubs it out. Isn't that great? Love doesn't rub it in. Love rubs it out. You see, God wants you to experience his love so you can begin to pass it on to other people. And so thus we see the two commandments, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. History is, uh, is in the Bible and the Bible record is full of how God took imperfect people and used them for his glory. In fact, everybody he used in the Bible except Jesus Christ was imperfect, was, was filled with sin. You go to the Old Testament and probably one of the most notorious examples was David. Now, now, David, he gets love and lust confused, and so he's sitting on the rooftop, and he sees Bathsheba, and the Bible says he lusts after her. And then he says, bring her unto me, and, and he actually commits adultery with her because she's married to somebody else at that time, a man by the name of Uriah. So in order to cover over that sin, what he does is he has Uriah sent to the front lines of battle because Bathsheba is now pregnant by this time and he's got to cover it up. He's got to hide it. And so Uriah goes to the front lines. Uh, he's positioned there and he's killed in battle. So he commits adultery and he commits murder. And yet the amazing thing is the word of God says David is a man after God's own heart. Now, now how, do we, how do we rationalize that? How do we reconcile that in our mind? You see, the one thing was, he always loved God. And the love of God, the Bible says, covers a multitude of sins. Turn to Psalm 51. I just want you to look at it. You have to turn in your Bibles. I don't have that in, the, in, the, in your outlines. But turn to fifth, Psalm 51, verse 1. Listen to what David writes later after this event occurs. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Remember we said love covers a multitude of sins. And so he comes back to God and says, cover me, cleanse me, take it away. Look at verse 7. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear the joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sin and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Now, now when you think about what David did, it's both confusing and comforting. It, it's, it's confusing when you look at how great David's sin was and you wonder, how can anybody who did that, who killed somebody, committed adultery, how can he be forgiven? Right? 
mean, I mean we, the, the natural inclination is somebody died here. He killed somebody. He ought to be put to death. That's confusing to us. But the comforting side is it shows you absolutely how great the love of God is and how great the grace of God is. If he can forgive David, he can forgive any single one of us. Listen, how many times have I blown it? And God should have looked down and sent a lightning bolt and said, there he is, crispy critter. I can't comprehend that. I can't understand God's grace. But God loved me so much that love covered my sin. When I responded in loving God back, he washed my sins away. Uh, He cleansed me. Uh, You see, I blew perfection a long, long time ago. God still loves us. God still forgives. And, And incredibly, God can still use us again after we blow it like that. And why? Because God knows that somehow inside I do really love him. And so my past is forgiven. I now have a purpose for my present. And I have a guaranteed home in heaven for my future. All because of the love of God. So that love, the Bible says, love covers a multitude of sins. And because God covers my sins, then I ought to begin to cover other people's sins. Love doesn't rub it in, it rubs it out. The third thing about this love, why it is the most important thing in life, is love reverberates forever. It goes on and on and on. There's no time frame for love. There's no time it stops and starts. Love literally goes on forever. It echoes throughout all of eternity. Listen to 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Great scripture. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. These three remain. They will always be, but the greatest of these is love. Now, now listen to me. If you want a legacy that is going to last or going to be remembered or, or that's going to go on forever, love people. Be known as a people lover, a lover of other people. Uh, that, that's the most important thing. One day, all your trophies will be crushed. It'll turn to dust. Someone's going to come along after you die. They're going to go and see all your trophy shelf, and and the trophies are all going in the trash can. They're going to be thrown away. No one's going to remember what you did. Uh, No one's going to remember your accomplishments. Uh, They're not going to remember the the awards you got at work for working 50 hours, 60 hours a week and killing yourself on the job and said, oh, he died of a heart attack, but boy, he was a hard worker. We're going to really remember him. They're, They're not going to remember any of that stuff. The Bible says you brought nothing into the world you can take nothing out of the world but there is something that is going to remain and that's love that goes on and on and on from generation to generation even after you're gone yeah i've been i've been around different people who were on their deathbed when you're in the ministry and you go visit hospice down in mount pleasant and you see somebody on their last few days of life or you're in the hospital and they're they're gasping for breath and i've i've been with family members when they when god has taken them on into eternity and and when you're around somebody who's who's getting close to death and they're still lucid their their mind's still there they're still able to talk or communicate they never ask for someone to bring them all their possessions and put them around their bedside They don't ask anybody to bring them their money and just pile the money chest around their deathbeds or bring them awards. Uh, What they do is they want people around them who love them. They say, get my kids, 
get my family, get my husband, get my wife, get my children. Bring them, let's get them and put them around our bedside. The basic truth is uh, love is about relationships. It is not about things. And yet so much of our life pursuit is going after things uh, and we uh, mess up on the relationship side. Listen to 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 3. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. Now, now it begs the question, if, if love's the most important and loving other people is the most important, why, why does so often uh, loving relationships get the short end of the stick in our life? Well, one one reason is because we don't have energy or time for the people we really love. We're wore out. I work so hard. I'm I'm wore out. Don't have time. I'm so busy. And we get busy and we get preoccupied with other things. Uh, And so what happens is we, we might say love's the most important, but by our actions, we're so busy doing other things. We lose our energy and love takes a lesser place. Uh. We get overloaded. There's a phrase called relational skimming. Relational skimming. And, and what, what, what that means is we, we don't have time for a quiet time with God. And we're so busy, I don't have time to read my Bible, and I don't have time to pray, and I don't have time to get alone with my Creator and just talk to Him and fellowship with Him and, and commune with Him. And so we skim off the top of that relationship with God. Because other things crowd them out. And uh, we don't have time for the wife. And we don't have time for the kids. And I don't have time to go to my small group on Wednesday night. Because I'm so busy. And I'm worn out at the end of the day. And there's so much stuff going on. And after all, I'm really happy here with my own family. And I've got my TV here. And that's really all I need. And so we begin to get involved in this whole idea of of skimming off our relationships. We begin cutting back on relationships. And that's the biggest mistake you will ever make in life. Life isn't about more stuff. It's about relationships. Loving God and loving people. And other things begin to creep in and take priority. Now that leads me to my second law. The second law is this. The best expression of love is time. The best expression of love is time. When people, uh, when you show people love, it, 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 uh, when you want to show somebody you love them, what, what's the most desired gift you can give them? Time. Let's all say that together. Time. It's not diamonds. Ladies are going, oh, man, to the end. Uh, It's been said diamonds are a girl's best friend. Time is what they really desire and need and want. It's not candy, chocolates, flowers. It's time. You see, the bottom line is we all have different amounts of energy and we all have different amounts of wealth or money or possessions, and everybody in here has a different personality, but every one of us in the building, look around, every one of us in the building has exactly 168 hours in the week. We all have the exact same amount of time, uh, and so 
that's the one thing you get to choose on how you use that time or how you invest that time. Let me illustrate it for you. If you give an hour of time to a TV program, that is one hour of time you will never, ever get back. So ask yourself, was it really worth it? I'm not saying TV's bad or a sin or, or whatever, but I'm just, I'm just saying let's really evaluate the use of our time. You decide. Was that worth giving that hour of my life away, that hour of time to that particular program? Was it really worth it? But when you give your attention to somebody else, you are saying, you are valuable to me. I'm giving you myself. You're worth listening to. You're worth spending time with. And that's building relationships. That's what doing the, what God has called us to do. I, I think sometimes dads are slow to get this. Fathers are. I'm going to pick on dads. I am one. Fathers can be slow to get this principle in life. Uh, they, they think in their mind, you know what? I give my family everything they need. I'm, I'm a good provider. I, I take care of them. In fact, I give them more than they need. I actually try to give my family everything they want. I give them a comfortable life. What else do they want? Listen, they want you. Your kids want you. Your wife wants you. They don't want your provision. The son says, look at me, daddy. Watch me play. Come to my soccer game. Come to my basketball game. Spend time with me. Take me fishing. I want you, daddy. The wife has to scream out, honey, put the paper away. I'm trying to talk to you. We hold the paper up in front of our face and hide out. They're crying out, let me have your attention. The best way you can show love is time. And when you give them your time and you give them your attention, it means I'm putting your needs above my needs and I'm putting your desires ahead of my desires because I care about you. That's called love. The best way to show love is time. Nothing can compensate for time. No amount of gifts, no amount of money. Kids don't need more things. Uh, Quit, you just don't buy them off with another video game. Now here, take your video game and go play in front of the screen and leave me alone. I want peace and quiet in the house. Here, take this video game and plug it in. It's not the answer. Listen to Galatians 5 and verse 6. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Charles Swindoll, great author, makes this quotation. Busyness destroys relationships. It substitutes shallow frenzy for deep friendship. Busy, busyness feeds the ego, but it starves those who love us. It fills the calendar, but it fractures the family. Wow. Busyness. Now, now how, do you find, how do you find more time? How do we do this practically? We, I can sit up here and just put guilt on everybody in the room, myself included. How do we solve this? How do we deal with this dilemma? How do we handle this whole issue of love is shown by giving times? How do we express that? Well, let me give you just one very practical way. Turn off the TV and the computer. At least for a few hours in the day. You're, you're, we're guilty. 
Listen to this. And this is statistics. I know you're above average, so this really isn't all of you necessarily. But the average person spends six hours a day, the average, six hours a day either watching TV or in front of a computer screen or a combination of the both. Six hours a day you will spend every day of your life in front of some kind of screen. Excluding Saturday and Sunday, just say you didn't watch it all Saturday and Sunday, that's 1,560 hours a year in front of a screen. That translates to 97 straight 16-hour days in front of a screen, either the TV or the computer. You know, it, it always amazes me how some people can sit and watch reruns of Friends, but they never go about making friends. That was kind of an uncomfortable laugh. That uneasy laugh. That, oh. It's amazing that you'll watch reality shows about someone else's family instead of working on your own family. We've become spectators in life instead of participators. And the Christian life, the godly life, the Christ-like love life is I'm going to show love. And I'm going to do that by giving you my time and my attention and my energy. Ephesians 5 and 2. Live a life of love just as Christ loved. And did what? And gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. If it's not a sacrifice, then it's not real love. God says, I love you. I show this by sacrificing my life for you. Uh, if you're not willing to sacrifice, is it really love? It's been said, you've all heard it if you've been around church a little bit, if you've heard it before, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. You cannot love without giving. So love means I give. I give up my agenda for your agenda. I give up my time for your time. And when you begin to sacrifice in those ways, then that's a real demonstration of Christ-like love. Love includes time. And the third law is this. The best time to love is now. Isn't that good? The best time to love is now. Not tomorrow, not Later, not someday down the road, I'll start doing this and this. Uh, it's not when I get around to it, but now. Rick Warren makes this statement. Do your giving while you're living, so you'll be knowing where it's going. Let me say it one more time. Do your giving while you're living, so you'll be knowing where it's going. Galatians 6.10 puts it this way. Therefore, as we have opportunity... Let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Listen, the one thing, some, some of us are notorious procrastinators. We put things off and we wait to the last minute to do our assignments and we put things off, but never procrastinate in showing love. Don't delay, don't put it off. Now, the question for us then this morning is what do I need to begin doing today that I can begin to demonstrate Christ-like love? Well, you may want to go home after service and make a phone call today, not tomorrow, today. 
And you call some, somebody up and say, I just want to tell you I love you. And you're a special friend. And I care about you. And if there's anybody that's offended you or you've offended them, you don't put it off. You do it today. You get a hold of them. Uh, a word of encouragement. Someone you're just going to reach out to and encourage today. You're going to love them. Some of you may want to sit down and write a letter because you, you, you pen your thoughts better than you can say them and you'll write down a long letter and you'll write that, that, that someone a letter. You might invite someone over to your house and you might call them up and say, you know what, this week I was just thinking about you. Come on over. My wife's going to cook some spaghetti and we'll eat together and we'll just, we'll just hang out. Come on out Thursday night, Friday night, whatever night is good for you guys. Uh, there may Maybe someone you know that's in the hospital or someone you know that's elderly or in a nursing home. What you'll do is you'll, after church, after lunch, you'll go by and stop by the nursing home or you'll go by the hospital and you'll start it today, not tomorrow. Because what happens is we put it off tomorrow. Tomorrow gets busy. We put it off again and we put it off again. And so the best time to love is now, right, right now. Think about this. What obnoxious or unloving person can you really show love to? today. You see, Jesus put them in your life for a reason. There's somebody that just drives you nuts that you saw the, the illustration at the beginning of the service, that jerk or that someone who, who makes you mad or someone who drives you crazy or someone who's hurt you in some way. You, you ever thought about this? God has them in your life for a reason. And one of those reasons, so you can help them out of your, out of their jerkiness. And they're, they're a jerk and they don't love because no one's really ever loved them. So instead of avoiding them and hiding out, start loving them. Love is the one thing people can't handle. And the Bible says in Romans, it's, it's when you love somebody else, it's like heaping coals of fire upon their head. When you love your enemies, when you love those who persecute you, it's like heaping coals of fire on their head. We, we've been to uh, Jerusalem and in, the, in the Holy Land, and we saw these big castles and fortresses. And over top of the doors, they have these, uh, the walls go up, and then they go down. And they go up and down. And there's gaps in the wall. And, and the soldiers would stand on top of the doors. And so when people try to break the door down or break the walls down, they stand up there with hot burning coals. And they're climbing the ladder, and all of a sudden the coals of fire start coming down on their heads. And, and the enemy can't handle that. They're falling off the ladders, and they're dying, and they're burning, and they're catching on fire, and they can't handle that. What's he say? He says, when you love those, your enemies, it's like keeping burning coals of fire on their head. The enemy simply can't handle that. There's no response to that. Love them. Love them. Show love. Never put off showing love. Let it take the number one priority in your life. I want to tell you a story I, I ran across. George McGovern, you, you may remember him. He, he ran for the office of president. He was a presidential candidate in, in the mid-1900s, 1990s. And he wrote a book about his daughter, Terry. And uh, Terry died in 1994. And she was an alcoholic when she died. And they actually found her body frozen to death in a snowdrift. Now, this is a guy who's wealthy, he's got all kinds of money, who is in political power, a well-known political figure, and she dies in a drunken stupor. After his daughter died, George McGovern says that I, I went and I dug out her diaries, and I began to read her diary, and I began to talk to her friends, and I tried to find out everything I can about Terry and what made her or drove her to alcohol, what caused that in life, where, what events happened or transpired. And he discovered as he began to read her diaries that he wasn't the parent that he thought he was. 
he discovered that while he was spending 18 hours a day working for political causes, Terry was writing in her diary how much she missed her father and that he really didn't care about her at all. McGovern, in his book that he wrote, has a message. It's simply this. Show more love to your kids by spending more time with them, especially as teenagers. You see, teenagers sometimes drive us nuts. And when they're ready to run the roads, we're ready to let them because it gives us a little peace and quiet. And, and, and so, and so we, we release them and they run the roads. But listen, no matter what it costs your career, that way neither you or that person will have any regrets. There'll be no more regrets if you spend time with them. And then he makes this quotation. He says, I'd give everything I have, and I mean everything, for one more afternoon with Terry, just to let her know how much I loved her, and to have one more of those happy times that we used to have so infrequently. Wow. What a strong quote. Listen, don't, don't be satisfied with a shallow kind of love. The, the shallow love we talked about last week is, is you'll love those who simply love you back. And we do a lot of that. And, and if you're good to me, I'm good to you. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. But, but let's move into a serious, mature love that says, you know what? I'm going to love the unlovely and I'm going to love people who who don't love me back, and I'm going to love people who may irritate me or drive me crazy or even attack me because that's the way Jesus loved. And I'm going to do it the Jesus way. Now, I guess my today is, are we ready to get serious about this? Anybody? Are you ready to get serious about really doing what God tells us to do? Loving God and loving one another? Loving each other? I'm going to give you an assignment. And I said each week you'd be getting an assignment. And so here's your assignment. Jot this down at the bottom of your outline. I want you this week, and this, is not, this should be a given every day, but we're going to start it this week. I want you this week to take 5 or 10 or 15 minutes, 5, 10 or 15 minutes every single day to talk to each family member in your family. Not as a group, not getting them all together, not having a love huddle uh, at, at the end of the day. But I want you to take 5, 10, 15 minutes with each child you have in your home that's still there. Your husband, your wife. Just, uh, just have a one-on-one, mono-a-mono attention to them every single day. Now, some of you may need to start out by apologizing and saying you're sorry. Some of you may need to sympathize a little bit. But spend some time with people God has put in your life. Thanks for listening. For more, check out faithishere.org.